So, yeah, we gathered here in the 919 where we take our time, sit back, relax as they spit their facts. Trust me, you be coming back. Got my man Max Weezy, keeping everything on track. For sports to pop culture, matter where you at. iPhone to Android, you can play it back. DJ Relevant on the ones and twos, can bring a smile to your day. If you feeling blue, true, we in the 919. What you gonna do? Let's rock, we at the barbershop. Let's rock, we at the barbershop. Let's rock, we at the barbershop. 919 at the barbershop. Let's rock, we at the barbershop. Number nine at the barbershop. Let's rock, we at the barbershop. Let's rock, we at the barbershop. All right, all right, all right. It's your man, Max Weezy. Live from the 919 recording from Locker Room. Welcome inside the Barbershop Podcast. I am joined by, once again, Darnell Smith, my homeboy from Speak for Yourself, social media manager, and and uh, he's just an all-around, like, awesome sports guy. Darnell, welcome back into the Barbershop. What's going on, my guy, man? How you, how you doing? I'm doing all right, man. I want to ask you first, like, how how uh, everything is going now. So, obviously, um, you know, you, you've been at uh, FS1 and Speak for Yourself for a while. You went from the transition of, of Whitlock and Coward to Whitlock and Marcellus Wiley. Now you're, now you got uh, Marcellus Wiley and Emmanuel Acho on the show. And, it, and the show definitely, it seems to like, you know, skew. It's a little bit of a different vibe. Seems to skew a bit younger. How's, how's, how are the vibes now at, at uh, Speak for Yourself with Acho? Man, first of all, yeah, Acho is, he's awesome, man. I mean, our relationships, I mean, he's only been there for a couple months. Feels like he's been there for a couple years already, man. He's very easy to get along with. And as you guys know, anyone who watches Speak for Yourself, he's he's all energy. You know, he's gonna bring he's gonna bring the juice every single episode. And uh and and, and he's very smart too, man. To be so young, only a couple years older older than myself, it's really an inspiration. Uh uh, you know, to see someone in your age group, another millennial go out there and just kill it in such a big role. And him and Marcellus, man, you know, they, you know, often kind of like big brother, little brother type of vibes in a sense, but it's all respect. And those guys just have so much fun. And uh, it, it's been great, man. The show's definitely a little, little different vibe, um, you know, but again, it's, it's still great. It's just, just a different, like you said, much more younger and a uh, different type of energy. But I mean, everything's been smooth. Yeah, man, I, I agree. It, it is super inspiring to see Acho up there. I mean, obviously, very smart dude, former player, but to be so young and to be and to be, you know, to be up there is is huge. And uh, when was it, when we're gonna see you back on the uh, back on the show, man? It, it's been a, it's been a minute, uh, but we gotta we gotta get you with, with your uh, question of the days again, bro. Yeah, I know, right, man? Yeah, so uh, we'll see you as far as if question of the days is gonna uh, come back. You know, with different, you know. We got different segments. The show's a little different now, so some things leave, some things come back. Uh, so, so we'll see, man. Hopefully, I'll be back. I'll be back on here soon. I was on a few weeks ago. We tried out a new segment that that went pretty uh, went pretty good, and uh, so so we'll see. You know, I'm just kind of take care of my behind the scenes stuff on the show for now, and then uh, w- once we kind of get things fully figured out in, in regards to how we want things to go with, with the new format, I don't know exactly what my role is. Uh, the the on air vibe, so stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, man, that's that's good to hear. We definitely will. Well, like I said, we're gonna get into some uh, NFL season where Week Eight kicks off with the uh, my my Panthers and, and Falcons uh, from Charlotte on Thursday Night Football, hoping for a really good game in that one. And 
you know, for anybody that wants to jump up on stage, you certainly can do so, but we're going to keep it. We're going to move pretty quickly here. Just I want to make sure I got a hard stop at the hour. I just want to make sure we get to everything. And But you, of course you guys can come in and, and speak, but um, man, Darnell. So obviously kicking off through the season, we've seen a lot of different things. We've seen the, the season sort of have its ups and downs through, through COVID, but thankfully it, it has been moving along with uh, just a couple of changes here and there. Uh, so let's start at, let's start at rookie of the year. Let's start with the young guys. Uh, who was your offensive rookie of the year through uh, the first eight weeks? Yeah, man. I mean, I'll say offensive rookie of the year, but really I, I want to say rookie of the year period. And to me, that's, that's, that's my boy, Jay Herbo. Justin Herbert, uh, man, what, what what this guy has done uh, since he's been playing and, and, and got earned that starting position to me has been amazing. I mean, he, I mean, we all know was it against the game against the Chiefs? He literally was told like two and a half minutes before the game started, "Hey, hey, Justin, you'll be starting today." And playing against the reigning Super Bowl champs and the Chiefs performed very well. And since then, he's been pretty consistent in terms of making big plays. Now. The Chargers ha- haven't won every game, you know, since he's been starting. But that's 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 he can't control everything. That's more so when it comes to defense. Got to make plays at certain times. Special teams got to make certain plays. But to, from a rookie's perspective, a lot of people in, in, in during the draft process wasn't fully believing in Justin Herbert. And me, I was a guy watched him at Oregon, saw his skill set. I mean, he has a huge arm, big body, can run can make all the throws and now he's really showcasing that and I, and I love it so to me he's offensive rookie of the year but he's rookie of the year <laughs> point blank period Justin Herbert is, uh, is very hard to argue with um I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna come down to a lot of different things though like I feel like some people are gonna lean towards Burrow because Burrow has played extremely well, even though he was the number one pick. I feel like to some people he's exceeded expectations, and I think you know in the in the award that sometimes skews towards quarterbacks, you know it's gonna it may come down to um, it may come down to who has the better record at the end of the year between two. Um, below average teams. Now, Saul makes a good point in the comments. Chase Clo- Chase Claypool is definitely in the conversation, especially as of late. But I think through eight weeks, I think you 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 have to look at Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Um mm. second in the NFL in rushing yards, playing on a really good, you know, Chiefs team, taking taking, you know, the reins as, as you know, uh just move, moving right in. And and a, on a Super Bowl team, sometimes as a young guy you know, it's it can be intimidating, but I feel like he stepped up to the plate, played really good football. And so for for me, I mean, we'll see with Le'Veon coming in, his production might might uh you know dip a little bit with obviously you gotta you know give the ball to Le'Veon some. But I mean through through the first half of the season, Justin Herbert, I, it's a, a great, a great, great, great pick. Um, but I, I almost lean towards Clyde Edwards Hilaire and maybe even like Dark Horse, Dark Horse offensive rookie of the year, Justin Jefferson. The the Vikings are bad, mm-hmm. you know, not all his fault. But Justin Jefferson is eating out there. Yeah. No, those are no, you make a good point, especially with Clyde Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Uh, I mean, let's be real, there's a lot of rookies who are just balling right now, you know, which is really good for the future of the league. Um, you know, reason, you know, I kind of give you, you kind of just stated I do give quarterbacks a little bit of the edge just because of 
the nature of the position and the responsibilities that, that that's behind it. You know, with Clyde Edwards Hilaire, not to take anything away from him, but he, he's playing on a on an amazing team and, and an amazing, amazing offense. And when teams come in to play against the Chiefs, they're thinking about how are we going to at least slow down Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, etc. So uh, to me, those lanes, those running lanes are opened up a little bit more because it's that's not their main focus. If they start focusing in on Clyde Edwards Hilaire, now Mahomes is going to really eat. So, you know, it's just a different situation. Whereas Joe Burrow, as you mentioned, and uh, uh, my boy Jay Herbo, as I call him Justin Herbert, these guys, like, the defenses are focusing in on them. And these guys have to make plays. And to your point, they both, including Joe Burrow, have been playing awesome. I just like the way that Herbert just came in with a lot of the, I call them haters, before the before the season started, not really believing in his leadership and his accuracy. There was a lot of talk there. He's really been proving people wrong. So I love it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you could argue Justin Herbert gets the were off the strength of knowing he was going to play 10 minutes before a game. Come on, and man. just balling out against the, against the Super Bowl champions. So, so Bro, yeah, that's I mean, hard to do with any. Like, it, it, if you told me five minutes before, hey, join me here on, on the locker room, that would have been kind of tough, <laughs> let alone playing in the football game because of the, the rainy Super Bowl champions. Come on now. Yeah. No, I, I definitely can't can't argue too much with you there. Well, let's move on down to defense, defensive rookie of the year. I know um, a lot of people are obviously looking at at Chase Young. He's got a lot of clout from Ohio, uh, Ohio State, Ohio State, excuse me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, to me, this isn't just me being a Panthers guy, but um, – for me, I, I think you have to take a really close look. Well, let me before I before I say my own, let me ask you who you think it is. I'll be honest, and when I say this name, everyone in here is going to be like, "What? Who?" Because I am a little biased as a Colts fan, but I really, I really like what I what I've seen from our safety Julian Blackman. This guy has been fitting right into the starting position, flying around the field, making play. I believe he has two. I think two interceptions so far during the season. And it's been like two important interceptions that catching the ball, like catching the ball when it really matters. And just from an all-around safety position, what I expect to see is someone who's flying around the field, making plays, uh, 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 being a leader on that defense. And again, I, I am admitting, I am a little biased as a coach fan, but I really enjoy what I look uh, and like what I've seen from Julian Black. And now you obviously mentioned Chase Young, um, super dominant player he has dealt with a little bit of you know injury which you know i know that's kind of slowed him down a little bit um but you know if, if i had to guess you know by the end of this season when it's all said and done who would end up winning i would put my money on chase young you know i'm a former defense alignment myself so i have a natural love for defense alignment and uh chase young's ability is is, is i mean like like no other yeah, yeah, no, I think, again, it just, we'll see how the year goes, but I mean, you know, Chase Young racks up a few more, a few more sacks, makes a few more plays, just that cloud alone, and his ability, he can definitely, you know, steal it, but, you know, I'm like you, man, like, a little bit of Panthers bias, but, man, Jeremy Chin, late second round pick, he's our, like, quasi linebacker safety, he's a lot like what, uh, Isaiah Simmons was supposed to be mm-hmm. um, in the league, but Isaiah Simmons hasn't really been getting too much playing time with the Cardinals. But uh, J- Jeremy Chin leads all rookies in tackles, uh, has been overachieving. If you told me the Panthers' defense was going to be like 
like, you know, better than average, like middle of the league before the season started. I would have thought you were crazy. Like Panthers defense is overachieving. The secondary is overachieving. And a lot of that has to do with Jeremy Chin. Um, but like I said, leading our rookies and tackles and just kind of like really outplaying his, his draft status. And so I think it, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like you, man. Like we, we look at the players on, on our team and, and, you know, that's all, that's all good. And a lot of times those players, you know, definitely get more shot later on down the road. But when we talk about rookie of the year, people always tend to, tend to really skew towards the, the obvious choices. So I probably no, put my no, money I love on, on Chase Young too. I, yeah, I'm sorry not to cut you off. I love Jeremy Chin. He's been balling. And that's now now that you're saying his name, because I don't know why it, I forgot about for a hot second. He has been balling. You might you might be right, honestly. Like the way he's been playing. And again, another little bias. He's from my hometown. He's from specifically he's from Fishers, Indiana. But if you're if you're from Indianapolis, Fishers is just like a little suburb outside the city, like 20 minutes. So he's basically from Indianapolis, Indiana. Um He's actually trained by one of my former Ball State teammates. Shout out to my guy Jamil Smith. So uh, yeah, I, I, I do. I love what I've seen from Jeremy Chin. Yeah, that's what's up, man. Hometown connection is always good, but but now I mean we'll, we'll definitely see. But but Chin definitely deserves some love. I think he got a shout out on um, on what was it? I think NFL Game Day Morning by uh, mm-hmm. Peter Schrager. So um, now nah, Jeremy Chin definitely definitely balling this year. But uh, let's roll on down down the list to uh, let's do let's do coach of the year, um, mm. coach of the year. Who 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 you think has it through the first eight weeks? I gotta give it to my guy Mike Tomlin. Um, Steelers are balling right now, and you know obviously we know last year with Big Ben being out, they I mean they were still a very respectable team. I believe they what won nine games last season, so they were still a good team but I didn't hear a lot of people in the media sports media in particular really expecting them to be this good you know you had a few people like saying hey watch out for them and you know they they're dangerous whatever whatever but not this good they're arguably the best team in the NFL right now and I and yes you, you can say well Big Ben's back and obviously he's helped but I gotta give it to, to Mike Simon because that defense is playing so nasty out there Offense is playing well. The, just the player development. You you mentioned in a couple uh, minutes ago about Chase Claypool, the way he's been playing. I'm not accrediting that directly to Mike Tomlin, but I'm saying there's a culture there in Pittsburgh that I have to give, I have to credit to him. And if there's a reason why players can come there at a young age and really and really start making plays uh, uh, right right out the gate, and he has those guys motivated. And, as a former athlete, there's nothing like playing for a coach who you like, you love and respect, and and I, and I feel that when I'm watching the films. Yeah, man. I mean, Tomlin probably could have won it last year, honestly. With <laughs> right, man. with uh, I mean, with that that quarterback revolving door at quarterback last year, man. Like Tomlin, especially with the Steelers, like we'll we'll see how long they continue to win games. Um, I mean, they got a tough one coming up against Baltimore, but I mean, Tomlin's I, I, Tomlin's a good pick. You know, some people in the chat saying Bruce Arians really can't argue with the job that he's done. Obviously, um, with a lot of additions, that always helps. But, bro, I I have to go with Stefanski, bro. Like mm. the Cleveland Browns are five and two. <laughs> like any coach that can that can make the Cleveland Browns three games above five hundred gets my vote. Honestly, like I know, 
I know they're a very talented team, but I mean, and and people, you know, a lot has been made about you know Baker's you know play and everything like that and the consistency. But I mean, I, I think if the Browns, uh, I mean, we'll see their how their record is. I think if the Browns have a pretty good record, they win ten, eleven games. I think I think Stefanski's got it just because you know again that that organization has just been, you know, so dysfunctional and for so long and for somebody to come in and have players just buy in. And, and, and you know, we, we've seen his system, you know, really, really, you know, working working pretty well. So I, I think you got to lean towards Stefanski a bit. That's a, nah, that's a good pick, man. And, and part of that is you kind of you kind of mentioned it a little bit there in the joking form. You say, you know, hey, any coach that got the Browns three games ahead of 500, I got to give it to him. And, you know, with, with that being said, it's like, well, we've had such low expectations for the Browns that <laughs> any coach that can come in there and show any sign of success is like they get a couple extra points. So I definitely would not be mad, uh, be mad at, it, you know, if, if, you, if you give it to him. My only knock against them, and this is just my own little personal opinion, is just that when I look at the Browns' schedule and their win so far, the only – really to me respectable win that I give them is against my my coats. And my coats aren't amazing, but they're they're respectable. They're solid. Other than that, I mean they, they beat they beat the Bengals twice. Um beat the Washington football team. They beat a a, a, a sorry Cowboys here. I know Dak was still playing, but I mean the Cowboys are sorry. We can talk about that later if you want to. <laughs> and uh the two teams that you know that really the better teams in the league, Steelers and the Ravens. They got blown out, so I just need to see a little bit more some against against you know better opponents, and, and that might help me lean more towards uh, Stefanski. Yeah, no, I, I I can't agree with that. I mean, I can't argue with that. The, the Browns definitely have to prove it against against better competition. Um, but yeah, I mean, if they <laughs> you know if they keep doing well, I think I think Stefanski's gonna get the votes. But Tomlin, I I cannot really argue too much with that either. Uh, all right, so we're gonna we'll move on to. Um, Comeback player of the year, and uh, speaking of Mike Tomlin, I'll go ahead and give my pick. I think, I think it has to be uh, Big Ben. I know some people are saying, you know, uh, probably Alex Smith, just off the strength of what he's come back from and, and playing in that game. But I think you have to just, you know, Big Big Ben was pretty banged up too. He had some questions about, you know, retiring, uh, you know, this in in the past season and stuff like that, being being banged up. So, I mean, Alex Smith definitely like. I wouldn't be mad if he won, but I think just, you know, coming back and playing a whole season matters to me. Um, and so I got I got to go Big Ben, bro. You know what, man? Hey, that's that's what I had written down myself, man. I'm with you. I, I got Big Ben missing missing all the last season. A lot of people kind of counting Big Ben out. You know, he's he always makes a few weird comments, you know, or he has made weird comments in the last couple of years in terms of, retirement is he coming back and I think that kind of rubbed people the wrong way and they didn't know what what to really expect and now like I said a few minutes ago Steelers are, are arguably one of the best teams in, in the league right now and yeah I give a lot of credit to the timeline but also I have to give it to the leader on the team and on that offense and Big Ben so I'm with you like the Alex Smith story is amazing but like I can't just give it to him just because he literally came back like you have to come back and, and ball and no offense, but he hasn't done that. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, man. I'm giving it to Big Ben, and uh, this a close not not a close. I wasn't a close second, but a, a, another name that came into my brain that was a little interesting. 
based off the last couple games, was uh, Rob Gronkowski. Now, I know he, he was a little, first few games, he was a little rusty, didn't, wasn't really rocking like that. But him and Brady, last couple games, he's they, they've kind of, they're getting their connection back. He's been making some plays. So, I would say Rob Gronkowski is kind of like my, my, my dark horse for comeback player of the year. Yeah, that was just a question I was going to ask you from the from the comments. Can Gronk can Gronk do enough, to, you know, down the stretch to earn earn that? And I think he can. I, I, I don't think it's out of the question. Um, but yeah, I'd probably lean towards uh, Big Ben. All right, here we go. We we cook on with grease now. Uh, you're a <laughs> defensive guy. Tell me who your defensive player of the year is. All right, man. So listen, I know I'm about to get some backlash right here, and I don't care. Am I a little biased? Maybe so. But the person I'm going to give it to is the best defensive player in the league, and that's Aaron Donald. And let me explain why. His numbers may not back it back it up. But if you understand football, and if you really watch Aaron Donald play, the, the man impacts the game tremendously. Literally, almost every single play, the man's in the backfield. It's like he knows, he knows the exact move to do to beat the offensive lineman every single time. The rounds move, they move them around from three, three technique to, to nose to strong side end, weak side end. He's getting double team, triple team. It literally doesn't matter. He can't be stopped. And these guys are, you watch the games, like these guys fear Aaron Donald. You know, they don't, he has them out there guessing. What do I mean by that? They don't know if he's going to do a speed rush, if he's going to bull rush him, he's going to do a club arm over or rip. Like he, he has so many moves in his, in his, uh, his weaponry <laughs> that guys don't know what to do. And that's why he's so great. His stats may not show because he gets so, so much attention, but what he does is he makes the, he helps his other guys make plays. The, the other night, the, his D, the, the D line of the rounds were balling. And it wasn't because the other guys were just that good. It's because Aaron Donald is causing so much havoc inside the middle that it's forcing quarterbacks to escape to the outside and these DNs and linebacks are getting easy sacks. And if you don't understand the game, you just look at the guy who's getting a sack and say, oh, okay, he's, he's balling out. It's like, well, he's doing all right. But you know who caused that is Aaron Donald. So that's who I'm giving it to. Yeah, I mean, you really can't argue with Aaron Donald, honestly. Like, especially, you know, like you said, from, from that interior position to have, I think he's got eight sacks. I think I checked it earlier today. I mean, that's just in- incredible. And it's, it's incredible, you know, and, you know, for me, though, I think um, my vote would probably go to Miles Garrett. You know, Miles Garrett's mm-hmm. got, I think, one more sack than, than um, Donald. You know, he's really been dominant again, you know, got to give a lot of credit for him stepping up, especially after, the, you know, the, contra- the controversial, you know, uh, situation with the Pittsburgh game last year and for him, for him to come back from that. Because really, I mean, that's a career defining moment. You make a mistake. You know, you either, you know, rise above that and, and, and move on and play well or you let that, you know, affect you. And so I think Miles Garrett has stepped up his game. You know, we've seen a lot from him, so you have to give him credit for that. And um, I mean, I, mean, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have any uh, argue. I mean, I can't argue too much with other picks, though, like T.J. Watt. Uh, on the Steelers and, and, and Donald and, and some other players. I, um, but, I mean, Miles Garrett's just, just killing it right now. He is, man. I, I saw a crazy stat. I and I don't know the exact number, but I know that in his career, it's not even just this season, Miles Garrett almost averages like a sack a game. It's like .83 or something like that. So, like, as a D lineman, like I said, a former D lineman myself, 
I know how hard it is to get us to get one sack. To to almost average a sack every game, that's that's like freakish talent right there. So I'm not mad at all with, with your pick of Miles Garrett. And another quick name I want to throw out there for the Cardinals is Buddha Baker. This guy, man, flies around from sideline to sideline. It's like he never loses energy. He's coming out. He's hitting you. He's 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 helping out on, on the cover side. He, he's the leader of that Cardinals defense. And that's a guy I, I want to show some love to because he's been balling out as well. Yeah, Buda Baker. So the, the thing, interesting, interesting thing about Buda Baker was he wasn't uh, playing in the when the in the game when the Panthers played the Cardinals, and I, and I didn't really understand. Like, I mean, that I was kind of reading because I every week I kind of like do a couple articles, yeah. um, you know, on Cat Crave just about you know just like analyzing the game, and I was okay. You know, they don't have Buda Baker. Like, you know, we'll kind of see. I was still kind of nervous because you know the Cardinals are up and coming team. And the way that defense just like laid down, the Panthers just moved the ball so easily on, on that team without him in the lineup. Like you really see how good players are, obviously when they play. But you know, a lot uh, you can tell a lot by when a player isn't there. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so his impact is is, is crazy. And um, you know, I saw in the comments, Byron Jones got to be in the mix. On um, the Miami defense is is better. Titans defense is eating. I mean, there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot of good, just you know, defensive play, but no, I, I really can't can't uh, can't argue with with uh, the, the names that we brought up. But uh, all right, so moving on from defensive player of the year to MVP, bro. Like, who you got? MVP, man. This has been a discussion. I feel like every week, every time, every time a certain player has a good game, the other one has a poor game, or whatever the case may be, somebody answers switch. So uh, as of right now, today. <laughs> my MVP will have to be A-Rod, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the guy has, last time I checked, I believe it's 17 touchdowns, only two interceptions. The Green Bay Packers has been balling. I mean, the only game that he had that was poor was against arguably the best team in the league, some people might say, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, you know, that that's a, again, he's definitely lost some points because of that game. I'm not, I'm not just letting him off the hook. Uh, but it's one of those games where it's like um, every year, I feel like even the best players have like that one game that's just kind of like ah, you know what I'm saying? And to me, it's not it's not likely for Aaron Rodgers to throw pick six. It's not likely for him to do those things. So I'm just not expecting him to have a game even close to that the rest of the season. And if I calculate everything else that he's done this year so far, it's it's been spectacular. And you think about it, I mean, he ain't, the man has Devontae Adams. And, and a whole bunch of just, I ain't trying to be disrespectful, but a whole bunch of guys from, from the, you could pick up from the street. Like, these, these guys, I mean, he has not had, other than Devontae Adam, he does not have a, a, a star-studded receiver line or tight end or anything that, that that he can rely on. He has Aaron Jones in the backfield, who we know is, is, is great. But to have only one, like, receiver that you can fully, really count on and they put up the numbers that he's doing, I got to give it to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, man. So I actually had Aaron Rodgers before the Buccaneers game. I had him because I felt like he was playing, you know, just as good, if not better than Russell Wilson. And I felt like at the end of the year, because the Seahawks defense is so bad, I felt like Packers were going to have a better, better, better record, beat better teams. Aaron Rodgers, if you put up Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, similar stats, Packers have a few more wins. I you probably go Aaron Rodgers. 
But uh, at, through through the through the through these eight weeks, I'm gonna have to lean towards uh, Tom Brady. You know, with, with the with the you know what he's what he's doing. You know, in terms of we know he's he's the greatest of all time, obviously. But you know, still aged. He's had some. Um, receivers in and out of the lineup. He's he's made Scotty Miller famous. Like, come on now, like <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Right, we all know right. Scotty Miller is because of Tom Brady. Like, it's crazy. So I'm thinking, and you know, something that I hear, um, you know, Colin Cowherd talk about a lot is you know the dysfunction of you know the organization as a whole. And Bruce Arians, we talk about Bruce Arians and uh, you know just his his temperament, his personality. So I think. Brady has brought some stability to the organization and also just bought, you know, a culture that just wasn't there and kind of put together this hodgepodge of offense and really made it really made it flow. I think if he continues that, he's got to be MVP, especially, you know, if they win a lot of games um, and especially with that locker room now with Antonio Brown, you got Leonard, Leonard Fournette, you got so many different personalities in the locker room. I think you, you factor in age, winning. You know he might have the stats to back it up too, man. I, I through the eight through eight weeks and looking forward, I think it's going to be Tom Brady. Now, uh, I do want to ask you, or this is uh, a question that came up in the comments from Mark uh, Darnell. Do you think over the remainder of his career, Mahomes uh, will form a LeBron complex in terms of MVP, MVP voting? Like he deserves it every year, obviously, but won't get it as much as he deserves. Mm, that's a that's a good question, and my my gut says no. I, I I don't necessarily believe that. I believe if 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 Mahomes if he's balling and balling out the way that that we know he can and, and usually does, and and he's and he's the clear favorite, then I I I think he'll win. You know, I mean, I think about a guy who's my favorite quarterback of all time, and Peyton Manning. I believe he in his career was four four MVP. So like you can make the argument like, well, guys. People get tired of voting for him. Like, nah, I think, nah, I think you just—it's it's just every year there's a different storyline. We know as much as MVP is about how you play. Let's be real; a lot of it's about story. And you know, last year, I mean, Lamar Jackson came out of—not necessarily came out of nowhere, but no one was expecting him to play like that. So he, that storyline is like, wow. And this year, if you really break down the stats and, and the specifics, Lamar Jackson is actually playing a little better this year than he, he is last year but you don't really see the big hype around it right now because why because we've already seen it it's like we've already we've already lived it so the storyline isn't as exciting behind it you know so you know I, I I think a little bit of that might could get uh into it in terms of story but no I I foresee Mahomes winning a, a few more MVPs uh throughout throughout his uh rest of his long career I agree with you Darnell I think I think Mahomes will uh, keep winning I talked about in the beginning of the season, um, you know, through, through two weeks, I felt like I felt like people were really ready to already give the MVP to Russell Wilson and, and, and say and ask questions. Russell Wilson, you know, better than Mahomes or is he the best quarterback in the, in the league? And I'm like, Mahomes hasn't done anything to not be seen as the best quarterback in the league. Like if we thought he was the best quarterback in the, in the league after the Super Bowl, and through he's coming into this season, he's played well through two weeks. I don't really see how the title just shifts to Russell Wilson, even though he his you know stat wise he's better. I think you have to. I think you know overall you're going to see you know players play well, but I think 
if Mahomes continues to be consistent, I don't know how you just take it away, you know, just because other people are playing well too. That's not how it works for me. Right. No, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. No, I, yeah, I agree 100%. And like I said, Russell Wilson, he, for me, he's definitely still in the conversation for MVP. I'm not going to completely throw him out. He's been balling out as well. He lost some points, you know, losing losing his past game against the Cardinals. I think he threw, what, three picks, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and, I, again, you mentioned the Seahawks defense is pathetic. So, I know Russ has to do so much on his end. I think it was a little bit, little bit of overcompensating, trying to, you know, do more. And that's what led some of those picks. But hey, when that happens, you know, I, I you still gotta you still gonna lose points for that. And you know, Russell Wilson has been made making comments as far as hey, he wants more responsibility, he wants the offense to be centered around him. Well, hey, here you go. And you ask for it, you got the big payday. And with that, that means there's not gonna be a lot of guys that can get paid on the defensive end. So you're gonna have to carry the load. So, you know, with with uh, you know, with that, there's there's great um, expectations. So, yeah, he's still playing well, but uh, yeah, I just can't have him leading the MVP race right now. Yeah, facts. I completely agree with you there. Um, all right, so let's get to um, we, we went through this pretty quick. I'm proud of us, man. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, uh, man. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's get to So here's the final uh, mid-season question I'm going to have for you. Um, Super Bowl prediction. So who? who what, what are the two teams I want to ask you who you think is going to win because I feel like that's that's hard to answer at this point. But right. you know, you can you can say that if you you can tell me who you think is going to win if you want to. But um, Super Bowl prediction: Who do you have in the Super Bowl um, based on the first half of the season? Yeah, man. Right now, um, I have the Chiefs and I have the the Buccaneers. Man, like one thing, and I might have said it before on your podcast a while back, but I've made it very and abundantly clear. I am I am no longer betting against Tom Brady as a as a lifelong coach fan. He has caused nightmares for me and many other Indianapolis coach fans and betting against them saying that this is going to be the year that he he starts to fall off or this is the year that they're not going to do it and he just proves me wrong time and time and time again. And now the fact that he has something to prove showing that hey, I can win without Belichick and seeing who they got on owner? I mean, they just picked up Antonio Brown. Like, I know Antonio Brown's done a lot off the field, but forget all that. This guy, if he's still Antonio Brown, he's arguably the best receiver in the league. He just got on his team. So, like, I, uh, along with Mike Evans, like, oh, my God. So, I have them. And then the Chiefs, man, I mean, I, they're – the Chiefs is like my new team that, 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 I, that I, I root against now. <laughs> like since Tom Brady has left the AFC and left New England, Chiefs have became that team for me as a coach fan. Because I just feel like they're going to be very good for a very long time. And their defense has been playing pretty good, good enough. And and their offense, we all know, is amazing. So I just I'm gonna just have I'm gonna just need to see somebody beat them for me to for me to believe it. So as of right now, man, Chiefs and the Bucks. I don't want to pick my winner yet. I need to see more. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. Uh, I have the Chiefs and the Bucks too. Two right. most complete teams in the NFL. Um, I man, here's my thing with Lamar, man. Like I want to be like, oh yeah, Lamar and the Ravens are definitely a threat, but I just don't see it. Especially with, I know he's a young guy, but especially just with like his like recent playoff history and also um, just how they played them. When they played them this year, I can't really pick the the Ravens over the Chiefs, and uh, uh, like you know, I don't really see. I mean, the Steelers would definitely 
will definitely be a challenge. Uh, yeah. You know, it's going to be some teams in the mix. The Titans, I, I can't, you know, count them out either, you know, especially with that, that running game. But I definitely would go Chiefs and Bucks as well. Um, and we'll see, man. Like, you know, Seattle, I mean, it's, it's just a lot right now. But uh, I, I agree with you, man. Both of the most complete teams in the NFL. So I, I think that's a great uh, Super Bowl prediction. Nah, for sure, man. I, you mentioned it real quick, but yeah, I, I will say Steelers is a dangerous team, though, for the Chiefs just because they get after the quarterback. They're physical, they're nasty. And the one thing that can slow down a great offense is when you have a, a, a guys who can get after the quarterback. And, you know, with, with, with T, young TJ out there coming after you, man, it, you know, in the playoffs, you ain't got to be the best team. You just got to be the better team for that one, that, that one night. For those couple hours, you know what I'm saying. So, the Steelers have the guys defensively to make to make it very interesting. So, um, definitely have them as like a dark horse. But yeah, like I said, I I, I just got to see it before I can <laughs> before I can bet against the Chiefs right now. Yeah, well let's let's talk about um let's talk that was fun, man. Um, let's talk about the Thursday night football uh, Panthers and Falcons. We get another division game. Um, next week, and the question I actually want to ask you is like the Falcons. How do you think? I know a, a huge storyline is obviously going to be what they're going to do next. You know, uh, Julio Jones has been rumored as a as a possible trade. Uh, what Matt Ryan's future is, what, what their coaching uh, and GM situation is. You know, uh, I, I mean, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> like, what do you think? <laughs> What, what what's going on in your mind in terms of like what the Falcons are, are going to look like? What the, what you think they should should do? Like what do you think? How do you think they're gonna they end up uh, at the end of this year? Yeah, I mean, there's gonna there's gonna have to be a lot of changes, man. Because when I look at the Falcons just from a roster standpoint, I feel like they have guys, they have talent, and it's kind of it's always surprising to me this year and even last year. I'm like, why are they so bad? I don't I don't I don't get it. You know, they have a better better quarterback. They have Pretty solid receiver core, arguably the best receiver in Julio Jones. You just picked up Todd Gurley. I know he's I know he's not exactly the same, but he's still still Todd Gurley. You got some guys on defense. So yeah, I mean there's gonna to have to be a lot of changes. I mean, obviously coaching for that's always the first part place that you look at because when you have the players and and you're not performing, then it's like, well, we gotta look at scheme, see what's going on there. Are you not putting the players in the best position to be successful? Um you know, the Falcons lose close games as well, often it seems like. So, to me, that's definitely coaching, you know, in terms of learning, uh, teaching guys how to finish games the right way, and put them in proper positions. Um, if I'm the Falcons, though, I mean, I've been hearing those talks too, bro, about them letting go Julio. I just don't see how that's the move. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I understand, like, you know, you, you let him go, you might get a couple picks or something, but Julio's been a dog, and he's dedicated, and and he's he's a, he's a guy that when I when I think about the Atlanta Falcons, I think I think about Julio. Like that's the guy I think you want to retire there as as Atlanta Falcons if you can. You know what I'm saying? And so it's hard for me to believe that they'll that they'll they'll actually do it. Now Matt Ryan, uh, he's interesting because he's obviously solid career, good quarterback. I still like Matt Ryan, but it's like, huh? Like how how long are we gonna just? Sit here and 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 just stay with Matt Ryan. Like we saw, I feel like I feel like we know what we're gonna get from him now. Like it, it, he's not gonna he's not gonna be he's probably not gonna you know have like an MVP season type season anymore. 
He's not going to be bad. He's going to kind of be middle of the pack. So unless they're going, unless their plan is to like restructure and, and and become this super dominant defensive team with great running backs to where you're taking pressure off of Matt Ryan, it might be conversations of like, hey, we might go ahead and you know tank this season. We've only won one game. We might want to just tank this season and see if we can. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe get Trevor. Maybe get a, you know, maybe get uh, with one of these good quarterbacks in the draft and, and just move on. Well, speaking of that, man, like honestly, it, with the with the quarterback, you know, draft class being being well, and, and you're in position to get a, a, you know, a top five pick at least at, at this point. Like, right. I definitely can see the argument of keeping those core players. You know, obviously you got Gurley, keep Julio, keep Ridley. I mean, I mean, yeah, obviously Ridley's really going to be there. You know, keep those pieces. And then, you know, you bring in, uh, you might, you might not end up, you know, getting Trevor Lawrence because the Jets, the Jets are so bad. But, uh, you know, you might be in position to draft Justin Fields, you know, or, or Trey Lance. Like, you know, why not give them a team to work with and really, you know, play well with, especially when you have when you're in a division where, you know, you got Tom Brady and Drew Brees, but they're aging. Like, you know, Drew Brees. You know, was on his way to TV apparently, and Tom Brady only signed a two-year contract. You know, if he's playing beyond that, you know, we'll we'll all be surprised. But you know, and and the and my Panthers are playing better than expected, but you know, still trying to figure things out. So yeah, I think for the Falcons, it's, it's no time to you know let everybody go and start from scratch and struggle for a few years. Like you might be a you know a couple pieces and a and a quarterback away from. You know, going to the next level. So I agree with you. I don't. I don't think it should be a full, you know, rebuild if if you're Atlanta. Yeah, hundred percent, bro. And you mentioned Justin Fields, man. That's a guy who I think will fit right into Atlanta. The culture. He's a guy who can throw in the pocket, but he's also mobile. So he kind of brings you fans the little flashbacks of you know the Michael Vick days and the excitement there. I know fans will love that, and it's it just kind of a whole nother just juice and energy. Like I said, I mean the NFL is changing, man. It's it's starting to right now. It's, it's, it's about half and half in regards to pure pocket passers and dual threat guys, but it's slowly every year seeming to go go lean more into those dual threat type of guy. At least guys who have the ability to run. You know, they might not use it all the time, like an Aaron Rodgers per se, or a Herbert or a, Bur- a Joe Burrow, but guys who have the ability to do it. And you know, I just think you know we just know what we're gonna get from that line. Solid, you know. He, he, He's definitely a starter in the league. I'm not, I'm not dissing that, right? I just feel like if you're trying to get to that next step and try to possibly, you know, be in the contention, the running for a Super Bowl, yeah, you can go ahead and mix, shake something up, but don't shake up everything. Don't, 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 don't drop the guys who you know are still ballers and guys who you know are going to help you win games and Julio and Gurley and things like that. But you know, if you, if you, this is a this draft right here, man. It's like you said, it's loaded. So it'd be a shame to not go ahead and maximize it and, and, and look at your future. Yeah, absolutely. And then on, on the Panthers side of things, obviously playing a lot better than than people expected. You know, even even in the losses, where you know the Panthers are three and four, been in every every single game, um, been been close and kept them close in every single game. Uh, obviously, you know, we're definitely. Excited to hopefully be getting Christian McCaffrey back. I know that they haven't officially put him um, on the roster yet. I think he's still uh, technically in, in IR. You know, we'll see if they play him. Me personally, I think they should just 
um, let let him sit for for this game and and you know give him time to really come back with 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 uh, a game against the Chiefs, you know next week. I think Mike Davis had a great game against the Falcons in the last time, so I don't think there's no need to rush McCaffrey back. But I mean that team as a whole, like what's what I don't know if you you know got a chance to to watch any Panthers games this year, but I mean what does it say about I guess. Um, you know, Matt Rule, Joe Brady, and that, and that coaching staff to get the, this team to, you know, buy in and just kind of play better and, and be better. And, it, you know, so many players stepping up, like Robbie Anderson. We talked about Jeremy Chin. We, we talked about, you know, these players who are just overachieving, you know, at this point and possibly could could challenge for that, you know, sixth or seventh playoff spot. Like, you know, what have you seen so far? And, and uh, like, how like how impressive it is it just to see uh a, a rookie coach, especially coming from college, to be succeeding in, in a year with, you know, really no offseason because of COVID. Yeah, no, it's very impressive, man. And uh, it's, it's funny, neither neither you or I, neither one of us kind of mentioned him as, as far as a possible rookie of the year. I mean, sorry, coach of the year. But, I mean, he should, he should probably at least, if this continues to go this way with the Panthers, should at least be in the conversation, be in the, in, in the discussion. I mean, it says a lot about these guys. I mean, like I said earlier, there's nothing like playing for a coach who you who you really like, who you really respect and enjoy. And I kind of get that same vibe with the Panthers. Like, they don't have, you know, the most talent in, in the world, but those guys who are on the team, their their talent is being maximized. Like, they're bringing out their full efforts. They're playing hard every game from beginning to end. You know, Bridgewater isn't playing lights out, but he's playing solid. You know what I'm saying? He's... And, and it really feels like an actual team there, and they're they're keeping themselves just in the mix. You know, obviously, NFC South is tough with the Bucks and the Saints right there. But like, I mean, they're what three and four right now. They go ahead. I know I I I, I have them beating you know beating the Falcons, so I think they're going to be four and four. And you know, who knows, man? If they're two games behind. Like things can get weird, man. In NFL, we see year to year with injuries and and things of that nature. Like you never know. So. I actually like what the Panthers are doing with what they have, and um, yeah, I think that's a good sign for you know for for you for you Panthers fans, man, for for your future in terms of uh, you know Matt Rule, uh, you know as your coach. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I agree. I think it's just kind of good to see the the turnaround happen so fast, and and you know I'm just hoping we make it interesting at least. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like it's hard to watch when your team just like getting blown out every week, but when you got a team that's gonna make things interesting, I definitely, um, I definitely it's good, good to watch. So if anybody um, in the comments or wants to jump up and speak, Darnell, uh, Darnell Smith from uh, Speak for Yourself, he uh, has a, he's he works closely with a lot of uh, superstars on on the sports scene, like Marcelo Suarez. Uh, Manuel Acho, Cowher, Joy Taylor. See so if you guys have any questions. He's gonna give us an inside scoop on on those on those folks. But um, but nah, <laughs> nah. Um, but no, uh, I just uh, so yeah. So let me ask you this. I, I was talking about um, earlier um, this week. I did a show and I, and I was um, talking about. I was ranking the teams that Trevor Lawrence should want to go to. Um, you know, and we we saw him mentioned. Um, you know, how he, he was kind of like, you know, back and forth about the, you know, staying at Clemson, coming to the NFL stuff. You know, I think he's going to, I don't think he's going to spend another year at Clemson. I think he's going to come out. We kind of see people do that. Um, we kind of see, you know, number one picks kind of be on defense about, you know, 
if they're coming if they're going to stay in college or or come out of the NFL, you know, throughout the college year, you know, they that's just a typical thing. But uh, that's been a, sort of a topic that, uh, of discussion because of that that press conference. But I had ranked the teams that Trevor Lawrence should want to go to uh, one through eight. I had the Jets last, <laughs> the Jaguars <laughs> after that, uh, then six Washington, five uh, the Falcons, four Dallas, three Broncos, two Vikings, and even though they may stick with their quarterback Daniel Jones, I said number one. I think Trevor Lawrence should actually want to go to the New York Giants. What do you think about the list? And and you know, if, out of all those places, where do you think that he should want to go the most? That is no, that's a that's a uh, that's a good list right there, man. Obviously, being from, from a just bigger than football from a marketing standpoint, you know, opportunities off the field, etc. Going to New York, playing for the Giants. I mean, come on now, if you go out there and ball out and bring them back to relevance, you know, tag team him with a healthy Saquon Barkley next year. I mean that 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 is very interesting, and I can see you know why you would have them have the number one. Um, I, I, I wish. I think you said Broncos at number four. Is that, is that where you had them at? I had I had Broncos at three and Dallas at four. Okay, okay. So th- three, three is respectable. I, I was going to say like, yeah, my, I like the Denver Broncos a lot in terms of just what they what they have a, a, a around defense. Obviously, Von Miller got hurt season any in injury before the season started, so that sucks. But assuming he comes back next year healthy, uh, you know, with their defense or different pieces they have, you know, Melvin Gordon in the backfield and. I, I, you know, I feel like Denver's a, I feel like Denver's a good organization. You know what I'm saying? Like, even when they don't have the most talent around, they always play hard. They always fight. They always maximize what they have. So, you get a, you get a guy, and like you said, Trevor Lawrence, I come out there, man. It, 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 it'd be a good organization to play for. You got John Elway. You can probably talk to him <laughs> if you have any questions. I'm sure from time to time, and that's not a bad mentor to have if, if, you, if you have any questions. And um, yeah, so I. I, I guess I, I, my question. I guess my answer would say I agree with you with the Giants, probably number one. But I would put like Broncos number two for me by the list. Yeah, I mean the Broncos. Okay, like I, I was, the Broncos have been searching for you know that that quarterback you know and, and for for a while. And I think Drew Locke is is fine. But I think if you're the Broncos and you have the opportunity, you have to go with Trevor Lawrence over Drew Locke, you know for sure. And, right. and I know they like Drew Locke a lot. Uh, the only reason I had. I mean, and I have the Vikings at two. I'd probably say, I mean, you could probably, you know, flip-flop, you know, either of those. I know the, the Vikings traded some pieces, but, I mean, on the offensive side of the ball, if you're a quarterback, I mean, to have Thielen and Justin Jefferson and and who who, who was his teammate at LSU and, uh, yeah. you know, Dalvin Cook, I mean, that's just, I mean, that's you can't really ask for, for much better, you know, <laughs> right. as a quarterback. So, so for me, um, and just you know, the Vikings have been a good organization, so I I had them ranked, you know, just that just that one spot higher than the Broncos. But I mean, I really can't argue argue with that at all. Yeah, for sure. No, I mean you're right. I mean the Vikings have, I mean, golly, they have a <laughs> they have a lot of pieces there, man. It's 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 crazy that they're not you know playing you know to a level that 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 we all you know would would I guess not necessarily hope, but just would expect you know based off. All, all the talent that they that they do have. So now you're right. I mean, I do think that would be a good a good organization there. It, it sounds weird, and I know like there's always been a lot of talk and buzz around like Kirk Cousins. Like I find people either love him or they hate him. I feel there's no in between. Like it just you just pick you just pick the side. But I mean, I think Kirk is one of those guys where I kind of compare to Matt Ryan in the sense of that 
we kind of know what we're going to get. Like, he's a solid quarterback. You know, he, he's, he's not going to always show up in the big games. You know, he might, he might not. And it's just like, it is what it is. So, you know, we, we, anytime you can get a, you get a, a, a talent, um, uh, uh, you know, in a draft like this, like Trevor Lawrence, I mean, yeah, you, you got to go for it. I mean, they're comparing him to like, I mean, I've heard like, you know, in terms of like how good he'll be, like Andrew Love, you know, man, like historically good, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, no, absolutely. I think you gotta, you gotta pull the trigger for sure. Um, but the, the last point, last thing I want to get your opinion on before we close out here. Um, I know this has been talked about a lot. I'll speak for yourself is, you know, the play of the Eagles and, and Carson Wentz. And I feel like me personally, I mean, I don't know what side you, side you land on, um, because I know Wiley and Oscar were on two different sides of that argument. But, I mean, we talk about um, – I've seen there's a little bit of, 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 of overreaction with some quarterbacks. I feel like um, – I feel like – I mean, we go three different directions with this, right? Like, you know, Cam, I think it's it's personnel. I think it's and, – you know, and obviously some of it's on him. He has to play better. But I feel like that's a situation that – you know, people were overreacting when they were playing well and overreacting when they were – and now that they're not playing well. Um, same thing with Baker a little bit. You know, every week it seems like he's sorry that he's sorry or he's, like, you know, elite. <laughs> like, people can't really decide. And with the Eagles, you know, for me, like, if I'm an Eagles fan, like, I'm cool with Carson Wentz, honestly. Like, I know you want to be playing better. That division's bad. You want to – and, you know, you don't like to see all the teams playing bad. You want one team to step up and you want it to be your team. But if I'm an Eagles fan, man, like, you can do a lot worse than Carson Wentz. And so, like, where do you land on that, like, and how the Eagles are doing this year? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I'm a big Carson Wentz fan. I hate that he gets so much backlash. You know, I get it, you know, to an, to an extent. But it's like, from for the most part, his main, his weakest point has been just injuries. You know what I mean? It has nothing to do with, like, his play on the field for the most part. Now, this year, he's had some moments, some quarters even. Where he where he probably would wish he could have back in terms of how he played, but he makes big plays when it counts. He has big time drives when it counts. He can make any throw in the field. He can run. He's a guy who, if he stays healthy, this is a franchise quarterback. He's dealt with the and the Eagles have dealt with the injury bug like no other. Now, I guess the Cowboys have dealt with it too on a similar level, but I mean, like this guy, like it's like I, I don't think they got a curse or something centered around Philly, but. These guys get the injury bug, it seems like, every single year. And thank God it hasn't been Carson Wentz so far this season, but all his weapons seem to get hurt. Deshaun Jackson came back for, like, what, a quarter and a half? Was looking good. Got right back hurt. I'm like, dang, man. So he's out here playing, like, with with whoever you throw in the field, he going to try to make it work. And you can say whatever you want about the Eagles. Yeah, their, their record isn't amazing, but those boys play hard. They play hard. Every game, even against the Ravens the other day, they they were down pretty big and came back, made a run late. You know what I'm saying? They, against arguably one of the one of the better teams in the league. So I mean, these guys are solid. The only real loss on their schedule that I look at, I'm like, ah, right, that's bad. Was their first game against Washington. The rest of it is like, okay, you lost again. You beat the 49ers, which is a pretty solid team. <coughs> Excuse me. You lost against the Steelers. Everybody lost against the Steelers. <laughs> yeah, against, right. There's six the Ravens. <laughs> So it's like it's like come on now it's a good team so I think they're I think they're solid man yeah I think they'll be I think they'll be fine I totally agree and uh, people should ease up on Carson Wentz for sure but um but Darnell man thank you so much this was a, a great discussion this won't be the last time definitely have to have you back and 
you know, uh, really happy to do it in, in this format too. We're, we're more, you know, more of a open forum, you know, base and, and not so yeah. much pressure with it, with it being on camera. So, uh, <laughs> but, uh yeah, man, but nah, dude, I, I really appreciate it. And we'll, we'll chop it up again soon, bro. Sounds good, man. Thanks for having me, man. Keep doing your thing. And yeah, we'll, we'll talk again later, man. All right. Sounds good. Peace, everybody. Let's rock. We at the barbershop. Let's rock. We at the barbershop. Stay tuned. All right, y'all, that's it for this episode of The Barbershop. Keep showing us love. We appreciate it. Go ahead and rate and review this podcast and also share on social media and tell your friends about us. And if you're feeling generous, there's a link in the description to become a monthly subscriber. You can do it for as little as 99 cents and you can support this podcast and help us to grow and to glow. We appreciate all the love. We'll see you next time here at The Barbershop. Stay tuned.